This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Get the aviators, pack car bingo, because we're going on the ultimate golf road trip. Nick, this is all you. I'm very excited to talk about it. I mean... I think we got to give the credit to to Matchstick Golf. the The latest release I, I saw with the the road trip series with golf bags strapped to various like legendary road trip vehicles really inspired me. And uh, you you texted me last night before I went to bed, like Nick, do you have anything you want to talk about on the podcast? And I'm like, no, Joe, I'm just I'm just trying to survive another day. And this morning, I am taking my daughter for a stroll, and there's in our neighborhood, there's like multiple families renovating school buses into into campers. And so I walk like one house down and I'm like, oh my God, it made me think of these, these cool ball markers. And I'm like, we need to talk about what our dream golf road trip would be. So I met, I, I went on like an, an hour, like almost an hour and a half walk. And I was just, just dreaming about this, this golf road trip the entire time. Hopefully we can make it a reality someday, man. I, I've got a proposal for that at the end of mine. Oh, fantastic. Before we get to that, I want to remind you to rate and review the podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google, wherever you're listening, give us five stars. It really helps out. Podcast is always brought to you by Piper Golf. Go to piper.golf. Use that promo code TURN10 at checkout. Golf balls. They got them for every skill level. Bucket hats, visors, normal hats. We won't get into it. We talked about that too much last week. The wags of At The Turn chimed in. They're not thrilled about it, and I think we can leave it at that for now. Before we get into the ultimate road trip, Nick, I do want to provide you an update from East Portland. We had our signature event, the first round of the Glendevere Club Championship. I'm not going to do a blow-by-blow. 
All I'm going to say is, in terms of how I played, I had my D-plus game. Could not figure it out. Two fairways, five greens. Hmm. Was able to ham and egg it. No doubles. 11 bogeys. One birdie. Six pars. And I felt bad about the number, but I literally turned a 95 into an 83. Like, I hit so many terrible tee shots. There are some where it's really tree-lined. You have to hit it through a chute. And three times I hit one of the first trees and my drive went like 50 yards. Oh, so no doubles is impressive for, for where I was hitting it, it. It was, and I was able to ham and egg it enough. And I shot an 83 and I thought, all right, well, I have 0% chance of winning this tournament. Let's figure it out next week. We actually played the hard course in the first round. It's the hardest I've ever seen the course set up. The pins were in places I've never seen them before. I was short-siding myself like crazy. And I was like, all right, that's that's fine. I shot 83. I'm not going to win. Let's just try to do our best in round two. And on Monday morning, I got the results of the first round, Nick. Okay. The winner is only six shots ahead of me right now. Wow. I'm E5 going into the second round. So we talked about our best rounds ever. I think if I shoot a 66... I think if I go 83-66, I will have the slimmest of chances of getting back in this thing and giving myself a chance to win it. So I went from being despondent and a little bit proud of myself to now, let's make some birdies. Let's post a number. There's a few things at play here. Number one, do you alternate? Like you played the hard course, then you go switch and play the easy course? Correct. And did the leader... Was he in the other wave? Like he played the easy course. Now he's got to go deal with the hard course. Or it's just all, all one wave. We all played the hard course. And I will say there's like three or four kids and I'll call them kids. Cause they're still in college or just graduated that played college golf. And I assumed the leader was going to shoot like 67 in the first round. And I was going to be like a laughable amount of strokes behind, but six, Six strokes? Yeah. I don't know. Now, I will say, even if I shoot 66, there's a chance someone ahead of me shoots 69, and I don't even sniff it. But, but you know, the pressure yeah. of the club championship, you never know, yeah. man. The other I've thing is, outside those, chance. those guys up front, they got to sleep on the top of the leaderboard, not for a night, for a week. Yeah. That's pressure, man. That's a lot of pressure. And I'm not going to lie, there is part of me that thinks to myself, God damn it, all I had to do... <laughs> Let's just make a few more pars, and I'd be like two shots back right now. But yeah. I'm, I'm six shots back, still got a chance at the podium. The other thing I want to talk about is one of the guys that I played with is the defending champion of hmm. this event, Stan Woodfill. I'd never met him before, never seen him before. This is a 68-year-old man, and he's been playing at Glenvere since 1979. So in addition to giving me all the history of the course that predates my time there in the mid-90s, which was fascinating... I asked him, Stan, late in the round, I didn't want to get in his head early. I was like, Stan, you won this thing last year, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, how many times you won this thing? And he wasn't being a dick. He was being like totally earnest. He was a the most gentlemanly gentleman I can imagine on a golf course. He's like, I lost count. <laughs> he can't remember how many times he's won. He said, I think nine. He said, I think I'm the nine-time Glendivere Club champion, but I can't remember because oh I won so many. figure that out. Stan. What a place to be. Oh my God. Unbelievable. But it was, it was a great day. I learned a lot. And the other thing I'll talk about real quick, 
I've been preaching on this podcast for at least a year about long par threes, short par fours. You should hit, get to the green, and wave people up. Guess who's a big proponent of that? Stan Woodfill. So we did oh, really? that like two or three times. It felt great. We slowed down. We got to see people hit up to the green. We were waiting less. It was fabulous. So you got I the think club champ go, in your corner. That goes a long way. The, the potentially nine-time club champ. The biggest voice in the room. So yeah. it was a tough day. We have a chance. By the time you're listening to this, I'll either be the Glendevere men's club champion or I'll have shot another 83 and finished near the bottom of the leaderboard. But T5 out of 45 guys, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with that result. And yeah. uh, we'll see we'll see what happens, Nick. How many days are you hit in the range between now and then? I'm going right after this to the range. Yeah. 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 Right after just, this. Just bring in one club. Just bring in the driver. Just <laughs> That's all I need to work on. If I hit the driver good, I'm going to have a chance. If I hit it bad, For I'm sure. not. It, 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 it's as simple as that. It's that, it's that simple. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Poor Lacey. I've just been torturing her with stories about this <laughs> about this damn tournament. Get, but she can't wait till it's over. Okay. The reason we're here, inspired by the Adventure Pack from Matchstick Golf. Go to matchstickgolf.com. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. The detail on these markers is remarkable. Like, it's difficult to describe them in an audio medium. Just go to Instagram, go to the website, buy some for yourself, for your friends, for your family. Nick, I'm curious if we took a similar or different approach to this. Different. Yeah. I ass- do, do you want me to go first then? Sure. Okay. So you asked me what vehicle would I take? Who would I bring? Where would we go? So I thought about traveling the globe. Maybe we would fly somewhere. Maybe we would go to Scotland, go to Australia, Asia, Japan, play, play, play a night course, you know, drive during the day and play at night. A lot of yeah. possibilities. I mean, this is all hypothetical, so you can do whatever. It's true. And I'm going in the complete opposite direction of what Dane Delgado, founder, president of Matchstick Golf, did with these designs. He was basically trying to capture like the Clark Griswold era of travel vehicles. I'm not doing that. First of all, for my car, I'm going with the most posh, luxurious vehicle I can imagine. It's a hypothetical, so I don't worry about gas mileage, the cost of how much this is going to be. Give me the biggest most comfy Range Rover that you can find. I want a tank out there. I want there to be plush leather seats. I want there to be a great sound system. I want it to be the most comfortable ride possible. Now, all that being said, I've never been in a Range Rover before, so maybe it's not as comfortable as the commercials make it out to be, but I'm visualizing a very comfortable experience being in this large vehicle. I'm going to pause there and get your thoughts on the car. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with the Range Rover, um, you know, lineup of vehicles. The Defender 90, just looking at these ball markers, looks like the, the smallest, most compact vehicle. Um, I I guess I'm not an expert in, in, in this side of things. I would I would have said, looking at those, those that's the most cramped, uncomfortable vehicle uh, you're going to get out of this lineup. So I don't, I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't think comfort when I see this thing. Yeah, I'm definitely a point A to point it B kind like, of it guy. Lo- it looks like a, like a Bronco. Yeah, I think it is, but it is a Bronco where there's no connotation of a Heisman winner committing a murder, which is good. And 
I do think it's a very comfortable ride. Plush, European, you know, sort of this uh, 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 just very plush experience, I think, is the best way to describe okay. it. Okay. So cool. that's the car I'm going with. Love it. Then the lineup of people. This is very simple. I'm taking you. Don't feel bad if you didn't take me. I'm taking you. I'm taking right. Romy. I'm taking Smoot. Smoot is the fourth. He's going to inject a level of chaos and energy that wouldn't otherwise be in the group. You and Romy are more of the even keel guys. I think I could go either way. And I think Smoot is going to push me more into the chaotic direction, which is why I want him to come on this trip. And he's a stick. So I think that would be a lot of fun. And Romy losing to somebody also would be really, really fun. Like if I didn't have it and Smoot goes out and shoots like just 70s all all month long, that would be fabulous. Yeah. Uh, That's the other piece of it that we should mention. You did say this is going to be a month long road trip. Yeah, well, I said that the, the trip I was envisioning is a mm-hmm. month. Yours, yours doesn't have to be, but I think I think if you're gonna get one of these vehicles and rally up the troops, like you're not gonna go for like a week. You know, you really gotta you really gotta be you gotta get to the point where you you wish you never went on the trip. And I think you gotta get to a month. <laughs> Just by like day twenty, you're like, I gotta see my family. I- <laughs> Such a stupid idea. Why? <laughs> Why do we have 10 more days of this shit? I haven't broken 95 in two weeks. I got to get out of here. That's the point you got to get to. Yeah. My liver is just in pain constantly. Yeah. Um. So here's here's the path I'm taking. I decided to keep it local because even though I want to go to places I haven't done before, on a road trip, I want there to be newness with a sense of familiarity around it. So we're going to start in Portland because it's my road trip. Everyone's going to come to my house. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, Lacey's going to drop us off. We're going to pick up the Range Rover, wherever we're getting it. And then we're making our way south. We're going right down to Bandon Dunes. We're going to play every course twice. We're going to be there for a week. We're going to spend about $5,000 right out of the gate on golf, expensive meals, cigars, transfusions, probably doubles as we get along in the trip. And that's going to be the first week. Hit every course, putting contests, all kinds of badness down at Bandit. Then we're going to make our way to Central Oregon. We're going to go to Bend. You're going to see Tethero and how maddening it is. We're going to play all the Nicholas courses out there. We're going to go to Sun River, play the resort courses. We're going to stay at a couple different places. There's courses outside of Bend. There's one up in Redmond, which is just north. There's one down south of Bend. We're going to hit all of those at least one a day. So that's your first half of the trip, Bend and Dunes, and then to Bend. Week three. Week three, Nick. Now we're going to take you guys to some places that you've never seen before. We're going to Washington, okay? Mm. We're going we're gonna to start with Chambers. We're going to hit it once. Then we're going to go out and we're going to spend time with my buddy Doug out in Kitsap County. It is the other side of the Puget Sound. You're on the peninsula now, okay? Okay. And you're talking probably the best value golf courses that you can imagine. Trophy Lake, Gold Mountain, where they've held USGA events. There's a couple of other courses out there. You can have a full week out on that side of Washington. Then we're not going to take a ferry over. We got the Range Rover. We're going to hop back down. We're going to hit Chambers one more time. Yes. And then we're going to make our way to the homeland. We're going to finish up this golf trip with courses that we all know very well. Before we do that, we talked about it recently. Gamble Sands. We're going out there. We're going to shoot 
a pile of 66s because it's an easy track. Get so some, easy. Get some confidence back. We're going to blow by Spokane. Sorry, Romy. We're going to go to Coeur d'Alene because I, I, I want to hit that shot. I want to be taken out in the rowboat, hit to the island green, experience that one time. And then how do we finish the trip? We head down south, back to Washington. We hit Palouse Ridge at the uh, Washington State University on the Palouse. And then we finish it up with 36 holes in one day at Windy Hills, the course we all know the best, the University of Idaho golf course. All the bets, everything is going to be decided. A morning round, we go to the corner club. We go back for an afternoon round, back to the corner club. And then we sleep for about four days straight. That's the trip. Yeah. I mean, I'd sign up for that. I mean, if if you just put, send me a bill just with one number on it and I'll just write you a check and we'll, we'll go on this trip. Hearing I mean, all that, can you, can you estimate how much that would cost? I was trying to think I have, I have a, yeah. like a, a round number in my head, but do you, do you have an idea? Well, it sounds like in your trip, we're not, we're not sleeping in the vehicle. Um, so no. it's, it's, that's going to, that one's going to get pricey. Oh yeah. That one's like 10 pricey. grand. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a five figure trip for sure. Is that going to be tough uh, to justify that cost? It's, it's, it's <laughs> I don't know what's going to be tough for the, the time or the, or the money, um, yeah. but neither are going to be, you know, go over well on the home front. Um, that's okay. My trip is actually in a lot of ways, similar to yours. Oh, um, did you think about going international? No, I, I was, I was always staying in the country. Okay. But I, I figured the first thing I got to figure out is who's coming with me. Right. Because this is, this is going to dictate the vehicle. It's also going to kind of dictate the, the path you take um, to an extent. And Joe, you, you're coming with me. Ah, good. And, Thanks, and, Smoot, and Smoot's coming with me. Yeah. It's just three of us. Oh, okay. So my, I thought about just going solo and taking mm. the VW bus. I'm like, you know what? I could use, I could just use some, some me in the open road time. That, that could be fun. But ultimately, this is going to be the trip of a lifetime. I don't, I don't want to be spending the next 40 years saying like, you should have been there. You should have seen this. You know, I, I want to like have this experience. Now, just two people. Yeah, go ahead. Now, if, if you were going to go solo at that point, you're writing a book, right? That's how you're going to pay for the trip. Yeah, you got to document it somehow, you know, a blog, a YouTube channel, a book, something like that. But I'm not sure how interested people are in reading books about like somebody's just like dream vacation. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I think it depends what happens along the way. I think you'd run into so many interesting and weird characters on your journey, people you'd get paired with, all that kind of stuff that I do think it would be worth reading. Like if you just demanded a place, a single at every course, that's probably not going to be <laughs> too interesting of reading, but think about all the people that you would meet along the way. That would be incredible. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe I'll do that someday. So anyways, it's you, me and Smoot. I thought three was a good number because you got to like, you got to be with these people for a month. You yeah. know, the, the more people you start throwing into the mix, you know, the harder it is to make decisions, to decide where to eat, decide what course to play, decide how much money is too much for a green fee, you know, all, all these things, you know, the fewer, just the smoother, in my opinion. And I think that between your personality and smooth personality and my personality, we like cover the spectrum. Smooth is, is like, 
just either doesn't care or is just up like I'll just say Smoot doesn't care. And I think I think you are very aware of your surroundings and intentional in your actions. And I think I'm in the middle where like sometimes I know and don't care and sometimes I do care and sometimes I just don't know. Uh, so I think we'd have a really good vibe going. I think that's they- smart because, you know, I'm on one side, Smoot's on the other. And it's like if if we feel very differently about something, then Nick is the deciding vote usually. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So we're taking the winnie. Um, mm. Another reason it's just three of us. We're, we're sleeping in here. Yeah. You know, again, we're, we're smelling each other's farts for a month. Like it's a pretty compact place. Uh, so, you know, three is probably a little more comfortable in, in Winnebago. We're not worried about lodging. We can pretty much be on the road whenever we're not playing golf because we've got three drivers. Only only have to one person sober driving through the middle of the night, whatever it is. I'm pretty sure we can get either be either playing golf or driving like 20 hours a day. Wow. We don't have to, but there might be some spells along the trip where we need to get somewhere. Okay. So so we're starting in, in the Pacific Northwest. We're starting mm-hmm. we're starting with some heavy hitters. Starting at Chambers. Yeah. Then we're we're spending two days at Bandon. Oh, okay. So right off the bat, Chambers, Bandon, and then then we're going to Las Vegas. <laughs> so I, I didn't mention this trip is starting in like late October. Okay. Mid to late October. Because you have to extend your golf season. Like if my golf season ends in the middle of October, I'm getting an extra month out of it. If you go in like May or, or June, it's just a waste because yeah. you're, you're playing golf anyways. Completely agree. So I used to work at the New England PGA. We ran this Las Vegas Pro-Am. The courses were Shadow Creek, TPC Las Vegas, Southern Highlands. So Damn, we're just assuming, yeah, we're just assuming that this this rotation is is in play, and we're gonna play in this three day pro am. Smoots our pro. Me yeah. and you pick up a couple along the way. You know, maybe maybe Romy or Billy shoot down to Vegas for a couple of days. Whatever. So we're, we're checking off that rota. We're a week into this trip. We've played five, six, you know, world class courses. Yeah, we got one more. And then we're going to be slumming it. We're, we're after after Las Vegas. We're jetting down to TPC Scottsdale to play the stadium <laughs> course. I love it. But but after that, we're we're just getting twilight rounds mm. at, at your local munis. We're we're heading east and the south. We're going through Arizona, New Mexico, Texas. We're we're making our way to the to the east coast. We're, we're going to go over and see Piper Mike in Atlanta. So we're spending about a week. Slumming it with these forty dollar a night twilight rates and, and just uh, just enjoying whatever we find. See, I think that's where Smoot comes in really handy because Smoot has to have a lot of connections. And I know hanging out with someone who went through the PGM program when I was at Wazoo that there's a I can't think of the term, but basically one for you, one for me in terms of golf pros where. Smoot can text people. He can call up courses and get us off on places for either free or a deeply discounted rate where otherwise we wouldn't have to. Now, you can't, you know, go to that well too many times, but I think to balance out the the weird munis that we're playing in Texas and Arizona, we can hit a couple of big ones. Yeah, that, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so so we're going to make our way over to the East Coast. We're going to we're going to play. What, what what's is it the Bobby Jones with with uh, with Mike from Piper? Oh yeah, that that, that course sounded really fun. Uh, one or two courses in South Carolina, and then Joe, you get to decide whether it's worth 
hit in Pinehurst or not. I don't know if it's if it's too resorty or or if you know maybe that fits the bill. It, that's up to you because I know you've been there. I have an opinion there. I've not played there yet, but I have been to the resort, and I think that if you're gonna go number two. It would just be number two or like three courses on the property. And there's like a couple of short ones. I think there's like nine courses out there. So I think yeah. you can do a couple and not do the whole number two. This is going to take six hours and cost $400 thing. Okay. So we'll check out Pinehurst, cross it off the list. By now, we're kind of running out of time. We, we kind of got to get back. So yeah. we're, we're jetting back. It's a road trip. So you got to finish where you started for the most part. Um, we have one more bucket list course and that's wolf creek <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna finish this bad boy with wolf creek in you know mid to late november and then we're all going back home for the holidays have thanksgiving with our families we're gonna have some fun stories to tell our, our families will, will have missed us they'll, they'll want to see us they'll yeah enjoy our company we'll, hopefully we'll, not too mad we'll be they're hopefully not too mad you know we'll, we'll be changed men and um you know and then all of a sudden, before you know it, it's, it's holidays are over. It's January and, and golf season is just a couple months away. We'll spend the holidays doing nothing but eating vegetables and drinking water <laughs> after all of that. So I have a question about being in the, being in the uh, vehicle as opposed to like getting a hotel. Where am I going to shower and where am I going to poop, Nick? Those are, those, are, those are two huge factors for me. Yeah. I think what you do is you get a membership to like 24-hour fitness – yeah. Use, yeah. use their facilities, you know, you, you kind of can map those out along the way and, and that takes care of that. Yeah. Like golf courses, you know, I, I'm sure you can find a place to, to poop at TPC Scottsdale. Probably great facilities. There's probably a bathroom attendant in there. Yeah. And maybe we, have, maybe it's time, like every, every couple of days we say, Smoot, we need to get in a nice place. We, we need to get into, into a locker room place. Yeah. Know, and, some, some yeah. shower facilities. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I could see us, I could see us parking the thing at a, at a campground here or there, you know, where they've got something just to rinse off. At least, you know, we're going to be drinking a lot of beers. It's going to be the fall, you know. It's not going to be too hot, even though we're in the south. You know, it should be should be moderate enough that we're not like like you, the second you get out of the shower, you're instantly just drenched in sweat again. I love it, and I love the time of year too. I do think that's the perfect time because you're right, and it's more of a factor for you with the Northeast climate than it is for me in the Pacific Northwest. But you're right to do it in July is robbing ourselves of the golf season that we've been waiting for in our area. We may as well extend the golf season. I could probably play golf in October. Posting season doesn't end till the end of November, but you can also get a wet fall out here and I'm not really playing that much. So yeah, chasing the golf season, chasing the ball. I love it. I think I like your trip more than mine, Nick. I mean, there's a lot of potential. There's with either one really. And honestly, this whole like thought exercise, just huge, huge shout out to Dane. I'm not sure if this idea was inspired by, by something for him, but it made me start thinking like, okay, your ball marker, like I have this road trip all mapped out in my head. Like my ball marker is this Winnebago. And like, to me, it symbolizes like this putt is so irrelevant in like the grand scheme of things. I could probably describe to you in detail the result of 20 putts I've hit in my life out of Thousands and thousands and thousands. Like the result of your putt is so irrelevant. It's what you get out of the game, like how it can add value to your life in other ways, which like, I don't know, like how, how did I glean all that from like a collection of ball markers? But, but Dane has, has honestly just knocked this out of the park. That's what he's doing, buddy. And I do really enjoy the idea of taking a golf trip where 
the scores are so irrelevant. Sure, if you're shooting a good round, maybe you break par, you shoot your personal best, that's fun. But if I hang a 98 on the board, I don't really care. Like, I've taken golf trips the last couple of years to Central Oregon, and by the last day, you know, of day three or four or whatever, I'm shooting in the mid-90s, but I'm having a great time. It doesn't matter. I'm out there with my boys. We did it. We made it. Right. There's a Yeti full of, full of cold beers waiting at the Winnie for us, and, and it really doesn't matter. Like, you're going to hit great shots. You're going to hit terrible shots. You're going to have great rounds, bad. It doesn't matter. We're all, we're all like, drinking beers around the fire at the end of the night anyways. Yeah, I'm being process-oriented and thinking about the beers around the campfire rather than results-oriented. Did I write a five or a two down on this hole? Like, Exactly. Who gives a shit? Well, thank you to Dane Delgado for making this happen. Now, you did tease earlier, Nick, that you have a bit of a pitch of how to how to how to make this happen practically. Well, I mean, our, our birthdays around the same time of year. Yeah, August boys. I've got a big one on the horizon. Oh, <laughs> potentially twenty twenty five. We could we could if we do some preparations, put Man. some like working on the home front. Um, you know, cel- celebrate, celebrate in style. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying that's, it's, it's either 2045 or, tw- or it's either 2025 or, or 2040. Like <laughs> when, when Sydney's 18, I'm going to go straight from her high school graduation party to the Winnebago. <laughs> Man, you've, you've really given me something to think about now. Is this, is this our soft launch to Lacey and Ashley of this idea? Officially, yeah. Okay, because last time we recorded, I got a text message before the podcast was even released <laughs> about the visor and the bucket hat. So I'm curious Thanks. how quick my text Thanks. is going to come today. I know, I know. Just say, hey, uh, I, I won't wear a visor and I won't wear a bucket hat if if we can make this trip happen. Hey, if if, if, I, if I can get ten grand in a month away, <laughs> in a month away, uninterrupted. <laughs> I love it. Again, hey, the promo code at Matchstick Golf is turn twenty. Check out what Dane's doing. It's it's all really good over there. Transitioning to our Mad Golfer of the Week. As always, gratefully accepting your submissions at attheturnpod at gmail.com. If you are irate about what happened on the golf course, share your story with us. If you're online reading reviews of a golf course and you come across a person who is just unbelievable in what they say please send that to at the turn pod at gmail.com the mad golfer of the week is brought to you by t-box coffee a roast to order coffee brand in the heart of southern california package for the golfer who can shoot 68 hopefully 66 the golfer who shoots 112 and every score in between promo code term 15 at checkout now nick i actually struggled to think of a timely course to talk about because usually that's where i start i think about the golf course I thought about Eastlake, the tour championship just wrapped up. thought about other Atlanta area courses. And I came up with one that we have both played before. We're going way out west to Hawaii. Royal Hawaiian Golf Club. Now, you recommended this one to me. What did you live in Hawaii? Four or five years? Uh, combined, three years. Three years? Okay. Yeah. So, I was going to Hawaii with Lacey a few years back, and I said, hey, recommend a golf course for me. And you said Royal Hawaiian because it's not a typical ocean course. You're in the jungle. I got out there at like 5 a.m., was by myself, and it was an unbelievable experience. Had a few downpours. It's like you're in the rainforest. 
Yeah. Unbelievable experience. It only cost me like 125 bucks with clubs. It was very affordable too. So great, great day out there. This is titled Power Cart Wouldn't Approach Fifth Hole, which immediately caught my eye. Quote, <laughs> I love this wild course, but there was only one way to the fifth hole over a bridge and the cart refused to approach the bridge. Now I'm going to pause. I assume there's some sort of, you know, when you get into a really smart cart and they have the GPS systems in there, you can't like drive into the native area or drive into water. The cart will shut down when you it's approach. It's like a geofence. It. Yeah, exactly. The, the... Joe, I got to be honest. Like, yeah. When I when I saw this in the, in here, I thought it was your experience of your club championship because you, you said you wanted to talk about it. And I'm just looking at this and I'm like, oh my god, Joe, Joe got lost on his own course. But anyways, lost I digress. Own, <laughs> lost on my own course in the most important round of the year. <laughs> I know it sounds okay. like a bad dream. So they uh, only one way to get to the fifth hole over a bridge, and the cart refused to approach the bridge. Going back to our mad golfer of the week, quote: The green is surrounded by a ravine, and I tried another cart path. That sort of went in the right direction, but couldn't get to the fifth hole. So I couldn't find the sixth tee or the seventh tee or eighth. After driving down many dead ends, I finally found the ninth tee. But another group who got there normally was ready to play. So I just went to the back nine. My immediate thought is if this person saw other golfers out there, why didn't they just ask the group that made it to the ninth tee normally how they were able to make it there and maybe give him some directions so he didn't have to skip five holes? I, I'm guessing this is like 45 minutes later. I mean, like I'm, mm. I'm envisioning this person like keeps getting shut down, probably has to push the cart out of out of the dead zone and then they keep trying to go back through and then they turn around and like this course is in – a rainforest like you might not even see another hole like there's there's a lot of long drives between two holes yep. it's not like you can just park it walk play a few holes and come back if you need to like you could legitimately get lost out there like you could get you could be forgotten out there so yeah um i don't know why one cart in the fleet would would be programmed to to just like screw you over i'm wondering like it couldn't get what did he hit his approach shot and, and then like i know what if he so? stuffed one to three feet and he's like well <laughs> shit i can't make it over there <laughs> so i'm just gonna go to 10 uh, yeah. yeah i don't know what i would do in this situation i mean that it sucks for him or her. Hey, you're playing such a nice course and you gotta yeah. well let's be clear this is a dude okay a woman would be more creative than this and find a way to make it happen she's probably like say, fuck it, unhook the bag and just walk and be like, there's your solution right there. It sucks to right. walk this course, but I'm going to do it. I know. And if you're on the fifth, so you've got six, seven, eight, nine until you go into the pro shop and be like, hey, there's a cart in the, yeah. in the fifth fairway and I need a new one. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like when someone is in traffic and they cut off four lanes of traffic to make a turn when it's like, just go to the next street and slowly make your way over instead of interrupting 200 cars behind you. This person had a very singular solution as opposed to getting a little bit creative. So that's why I think this is a dude who just got mad. He woke up. He's got the shits because he drank too much the night before. And now he's got to deal with this nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my that God. is your mad golfer of the week. 
brought to you by T-Box Coffee. Okay, Nick, I'm curious where you're going to go with this. It, it is time for Nick Rules, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use Turn 20 at checkout. Pick up that adventure pack. It's gorgeous. Theme song pending. Yeah, so I, I woke up on Sunday morning, and and I was going to send you a text because I know you had an early tea time, and you, you get up super early for your for your round, and, and um, you know, I figured it was whatever time my time, you were probably pretty close to getting up for your big, important round, but I didn't. I didn't, I didn't fire off that text. I had a couple crying babies and other things to tend to. But then I get a text from you saying, um, what happens when there's a ball stuck in a tree? And I thought, huh, <laughs> things aren't going well for Joey. Uh, so can so I pause we, there and explain what, yes. why I sent that? Okay. So did you we, send this text mid round, by the way? I sent it after the second hole. So very early on. Okay. So I had just made a very mediocre bogey on the par five second. And we were about to tee off on three, but it's par three. So there was a wait. And then I hear someone because the group behind us was playing down and starting to approach the green. And I hear someone say, it got stuck in a fucking tree. (laughs) And I turned to my partner and I was like, did you just hear that? And he's like, yeah, he said the ball got stuck in a tree. And so this guy was hitting an approach like 80 yard shot, hit it too high, caught a tree. And that bad boy got stuck in there. And look, as much as I'm trying to concentrate on the Glen of your club championship, whenever I come across a situation I'm not familiar with, I text Nick immediately. So that is why I texted you. What happens when a ball gets stuck in a tree? And I appreciate your immediate, like official ruling of like, Hey man, lost ball. Keep, keep it going. <laughs> Yeah, so so if if you you hit it and you're like watching for it to come down, if you don't know if it's for sure in the tree, I mean it could be a lost ball, but if if it's for sure in the tree, um, but you but you can't play it, it's just an unplayable ball. It's really it's really not that complicated. Um, when a player, so basically rule nineteen, which is you know, unplayable ball. Um, so the reference point for when the ball is not on the ground, that's kind of what we're going to refer to here, because that's kind of the one unique thing is like you don't really have a reference point because your ball is like literally suspended in air. Uh, So when a player's ball lies above ground, such as in a bush or a tree, the player may take lateral relief by using the point on the ground directly below the spot of the ball as his or her reference point. So basically stand underneath the ball. That's your reference point. Then you can take your club, whatever your club length, the direction um, and play from there. And that's unplayable. So you're still taking a penalty stroke there. The question that I have is, do I have to actually see the ball? Like for it to not be lost, right? I would say yes. I would think so, right? I would think. So. I, I don't think you could just say I mean, in a tournament like this. I don't think you could just say uh, it went in that tree. It's <laughs> yeah. unplayable. It didn't come down. I think you have to prove like my ball went in that tree. It's right there. I cannot play. It. I'm taking an unplayable. I don't think you can take an unplayable without identifying your golf ball. Yeah, and I think ultimately he probably just played it as a lost ball because the ball only traveled like five yards from where he was. It went straight up into a tree. So I would assume that's the solution, but has that ever happened to you? Have you ever gotten your ball stuck in a tree? I think so. I've definitely hit into some trees and not been able to find it, you know, enough times. Like that's probably happened to me 200 times. And if a half a percent of the time it actually gets stuck in the tree, then it's, it's for sure happened at least once. Um, we did see on the tour recently, somebody hit it out of a tree with their club, like tomahawking overhead, which was also a penalty. I forget who it was. He hit it to like a few feet, made the putt. Yeah. The worst penalty ever. 
Yeah, there was a penalty because you're like you're required to use the equipment and making like a normal golf movement. Yeah, which Whatever the fuck that means. apparently is is not normal. Well, thank you Weird for the rules, that. man. Yeah, they simplified no. the rules, and they're still they're still way out there. I appreciate that clarification. Hopefully, I don't have to invoke that on Sunday. That is Nick rules. Okay, to wrap up the podcast, what I was going to do. I had, a, I had this whole plan. It's in the rundown as FedEx Cup fun. So what I was going to do is give you a little game where okay. I was going to see how many FedEx Cup champions you could name. And then what I did was I Googled FedEx Cup champions. And the first result was an article by Nick Heidelberger <laughs> laying out Every single FedEx Cup champion, uh, the format of the final round. And I was like, well, I can't really do that. But I had another thought. This, and we're recording this before Sunday because who gives a shit who wins the FedEx Cup? This is the end of the FedEx Cup having any sort of significance as a indicator of a great player. Now... Someone will win a lot of money every year. Okay, there's still going to be a huge purse. But for what was it started in 2007, 2008? Yeah. And and here we are in 2022 with Liv splitting off. A lot of great players. Apparently there's going to be a mass exodus. I'm sure it's happening even as you're listening to this. Where so many other players are going to leave. You know, Cam Smith is gone. Cam Young's allegedly gone. A lot of big PGA Tour stars. So this being an indicator of like winning the season long event and that being like, oh, well, Tiger has two FedEx Cup and VJ won it and someone like a Bill Haas who has this on his resume. Moving forward, I don't think it's going to be an indicator anymore of the best player over the course of the regular season in golf, which is sort of what it's become. I know it still doesn't have sort of that designation, even with most of the good players playing in the PGA Tour, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really put too much stock into the FedEx Cup. I mean, sure, it, it is that, and people want to win it. I think they want to win it because there's a there's a large purse. But it, it's really hard to take it seriously because they're like tr- the PGA Tour is trying so hard to reward people with a, who had a good season. Like they're afraid that if Scotty Scheffler is eliminated early, they're going to say that the, the format is unfair. So they're doing everything they can to protect the guys who had the best season. But think about every other sport. Like you earn a slight advantage and then you start with a, with a clean slate. Like this couldn't be more different. It's like you start with all these more points that carry over and then they go to the last event and you start 10 under par and, and like Joel Damon starts even par or, you know, whoever. And it's like, this is this is how you decided the best way to determine your champion. I mean, you're still going to get a good champion even if you make the last 30 guys start even. Like just say you made it to the last tournament and whoever wins the last tournament is the winner. Like it should be hard to get there. Like the Patriots went 16 and 0, they made it to the Super Bowl, they played like a wild card 9 and 7 New York Giants. And nobody was like, "All right, well, New England earned a 28 to to 0 bleed starting at an opening kickoff because they had a better season it's like no you were the better team if you're the better team go prove it you earned an advantage by getting a bye by getting a home field yada yada but like you got to take care of business so all this is to say i don't put a whole lot of stock into the fedex cup 
if it's on and I'm, and I'm free, I'll, I'll turn it on. If I'm not, I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to say like, Hey, Ash can't go outlet shopping today because uh, the FedEx cup championship is on. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not really gonna, gonna miss it. I'm not really gonna miss like knowing who the best golfer of the year is because there's, it's, it's not as, as valid as it was before. No, I agree. And we're recording this on Tuesday because I have to spend the next five days at the driving range. But Will Zalatoris had a withdraw from the Tour Championship. As a result, a guy who won a playoff event is going to finish 30th in the final FedEx Cup standings because of that withdraw. It's not a good format. I sound like an old man, but hey, the most important tournaments are worth the most money. Whoever won the most money playing golf, that's, that's your winner of the season. It's a very simple format. I know FedEx Cup, FedEx paid you billions of dollars to call it the FedEx Cup. Just call it the FedEx money title and be done with it. No one gives a shit. No one cares. And they're going to care less now. Joe, recently we we had the pleasure of the U.S. Women's Aim and the U.S. Am. And, yeah. and talk about like they say other formats can't work. These players play 36 holes of stroke play. Then they go into 64 player match play bracket over five days two of those days are 36 whole days they have one two round 18 hole match day and the championship match is 36 holes and yeah a lot of the top players don't make it all the way but you still always end up with a very very well deserved champion like you're never gonna say like some i mean it's hard to say like a a, a an amateur golfer is not a no name because like we don't know them but it's you're never gonna say like somebody who didn't earn it won the women's or the men's amateur. Like, why can't we have more creative formats like that? Yeah. And just allow it to happen. So Sahith Thagala got hot. He won six matches and won the FedEx Cup or whatever the hell we're calling it. Yeah, if you win six match play matches, you you're the winner. You're the best player yeah, out there. Probably That's just how that works. Rory and, and Cam Smith and Colin Morikawa. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, take the trophy. Yeah, I'm sorry it's not Tiger versus Justin Thomas, but like it's still something different. It gives the people something to care about. Yeah. I want to close up shop with this, Nick. Did you see the story of the 14-year-old Canadian golfer in her club championship? No. She is my inspiration. Two holes in one in the same round in her club championship. Could you imagine wow. how how could you possibly compose yourself after one hole in one, let alone a second one. You have two ones on the scorecard. Imagine that being on your fridge. Unbelievable. That's, that's, yeah. Talk about the composure. Too. I mean, just like you're in your club. I don't know. That's that's unbelievable. And the picture of her is just she, she's holding the two she, balls. She up. won it, right? I would hope so, man. If she if she if she did not win that thing, she still has a hell of a story to tell. Two True. holes in ones. That's amazing. So there you go. Golf ultimate road trip. Nick and I are going to start the process of planning. We have just a shade under three years to make this happen. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll do a month of podcasts from the road three years from now. Stay tuned. Be awesome for that. Uh, Nick, I want to ask you a question before we leave. Sure. When was the last time you played golf? Um, officially, it was July 3rd. Yeah, I did um, sneak out to this par three course with with a few like with like four clubs and a putter um the friday before my daughter was born yeah uh just because i knew it was the last chance to even swing a club but yeah 
it, it was it, I, I, it didn't really resemble a round of golf. So I'm going to say July 3rd. Hell yeah. Well, I hear a dog barking in the background, so I'll let you get back to your life out there. Uh, by the way, this is an off pod conversation, but I'm going to do it on pod. So we remember to talk about it. I'm coming out to the East Coast. I think I mentioned this in like late March, early April 2023. I'm, I'm counting like at least three nights in your house. We're yes. going to get it done. I got to meet your children. We got to play your weird golf courses out there. It's got to happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll book it. We'll book it. You uh, you got a place. You and Lacey, you're welcome. You know, we might maybe maybe Ash and I will get a date night out of it. You know, who knows? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Just leave us with the kids and you guys can go out without us and have a date yes. night. Uh, all I hear is Joe's coming to babysit for three days. <laughs> I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn. 